The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 213 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. We're recording this at 541 Eastern Time here on Sunday, April 30th. Storming here. Uh, I'm currently in our apartment. And Bryce and I are recording this over Zoom. And to be honest, Bryce, if I didn't know that you were at your family members, I would think that you were in the fucking shining house right now. Is it the flower paper? Is it the flower wallpaper or the two pelvis skeletons I have behind me? I think it's the combination of that and just, and just you know, strange. some it's some lighting, but it's like dim lighting. So here the, the room lighting itself is terrible. I there's a lamp behind the desk, and if I turn it off, I can't see a thing. So and I can't turn it towards me or it'll be blinding. So I have to bounce it off the flower, paper, flower wallpaper from the other side. Just spooky. I also, there's barely enough room because there's some random boxes here. So if you want the full spectrum of what I'm doing, my my knees are up here. I mean, my, my, I zoom. They're my knees. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm crouching. If you come into the apartment tomorrow and yell, here's Johnny, I'm leaving to never return. So if you really want me out that badly, there's a way to do it, certainly. But Not even that hard. Yeah, a little spooky. Uh, not a particularly busy week in baseball. The best team in baseball signed their franchise cornerstone into extension at long last. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about some superlatives from the first month of the season with the first month officially in the books. And uh, we're going to talk about why the next two weeks for the New York Yankees are going to get ugly fast. But in the meantime, we will start, as always, with our BravadaSportsbook.com pick of the week. We got a World Series matchup for Sunday Night Baseball. Phillies visiting the Astros. Uh, Bailey Falter on the mound for the Phillies versus Jose Arquiti for the Astros. Tough break for ESPN that that was a Sunday Night Baseball pitching matchup when you think of all the arms on both these teams. Plus one and a half, minus 156, plus 128 for the Phillies. Over under is nine. Uh, minus one and a half, plus 130, minus 152 for the Astros. I'm going to go Phillies win the game at minus 152. Um, but if you like a prop, I'm going to go with Nick Castellanos plus 370 to hit a home run. Castellanos is proving time and time again, year one with the new team. He's not great, but by year two, he adjusts and he's hitting the shit out of the ball again. Castellanos is good, but. I have a hard time picking against Houston. Give me whatever alt line you can get at Houston minus one and a half. Okay. I mean, do you want me to just look up what the alt line is? Doesn't matter. I'm taking it. Houston minus – well, it's not an alt line. Houston minus one and a half, we said, is plus 130. You want to see – I thought you said Philly was mine. No. Um, and then do you want me to see – let me see if we can get a deeper alt line. Alternate run lines. How deep are you willing to go on the Strohs? I would do three and a half. Maybe plus, that's four. Plus 280. Yeah, I, don't, I think you're losing value, though. I agree. that The juice is not worth the squeeze there. Yeah. 
So if I and I think it's a Kyle Tucker homer night, he would be my guy to homer today. Not a terrible pick at all. All right, let's go to the standings. We're gonna do the AL East last because I have the most to say, and it's it's really depressing there. Uh, so you know what? We're gonna mix it up. We're gonna start in the National League. Okay, Braves. Okay. 18 and 9, first place. Not a huge surprise there. Three games up on the Mets at 15 and 12. Marlins 16 and 13. Uh, three games out as well there. Phillies 15 and 13, three and a half. They've righted the ship with Bryce Harper's return coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Nationals 9 and 17 there. The Braves in the I actually watched some Braves games this week. I watched a little bit of the Braves Mets Friday. Obviously, it was a rain delay because we've just been pelted with liquids the past couple of days here in the tri-state area. I think the X factor for the Braves, I've decided, is Charlie Morton. You know the team's going to hit. You know the bullpen's going to be solid when it needs to be solid. But if Charlie Morton could just keep pitching like postseason Charlie Morton of the past couple of years, then all of a sudden, between Strider, Freed, Morton, I think you have a very strong case for them to potentially be the best one, two, three in baseball. At this exact moment, and then then we're talking, again, that factors in the health of other teams, you know, both for the Yankees, the Mets, a couple other teams in the discussion there. But there's not too many trios I would take over that trio. I don't even think he's an ex. I think the Braves, as constituted, can win the World Series. They have wiggle. They're very good. They're probably the best team. Do they have a better record than the Pirates? They do not. That's why I said the best team in baseball locked up their franchise cornerstone. Well, the best team in the NL. That's true. The best team in the National League. Do you think it's me? Do you think it's because I've declared that I'm going to Pittsburgh for the first time in my life? They were like, let's let's put on a good showing if Chase is making the trip. Make it worthwhile for him. I think that this is smoke and mirrors, but we'll touch on them in a minute. I just, if it's the Braves, when it comes down to the Braves, Acuna is back, if not better than what he was pre-injury for him, and that's more important than whatever they get from Morton. I agree with you. And I think the biggest thing is they, I think they need to take advantage now and keep winning games early. Uh, Verlander is coming back for the Mets this week and Scherzer's coming off his suspension this week, but the Mets are clearly banged up. I I mean, I went to, I went to the Mets uh, Nationals game Tuesday and Josiah Gray and the Nationals combined to four hit the Mets. The offense looked absolutely anemic. The offense in general in New York baseball right now is absolutely anemic. So I think the Braves got to take advantage early while the Mets are reeling. And uh, look, the Phillies, 15 and 13 for the first month of the season. Again, the Phillies last year didn't really hit their stride at all till like June, July. Um, so the fact that you basically stayed afloat with Harper out, with Suarez out, with Trey Turner not really hitting at all, I think if you're a Phillies fan, kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, eh, to be honest, this could have been a lot worse. I think if you're a Phillies fan, yeah, this is – of the expected outcomes, this is this is an all right. This is fine. Yeah. They're not there. It looks like they have Bryson Stott leading the league in everything. And Castellanos is at least somewhat living up to a contract. So, I mean, they should be fine. They, they'll, be, they'll be fine. The Mets obviously will be fine. Marlins better than expected. And the Nationals, even though they forehand met the Mets, yeah, they're, they're, they're terrible. Moving to the NL Central, I, I mean, again, at this point, what is a bigger surprise? Uh, we'll go second to fourth here. Brewers are in second at 18 and 10. They 
uh, have looked great so far. Cubs, my Cubbies, third place, 14-13. Reds, 12-15 and in fourth place. I, I mean, what's a bigger surprise? I, I feel like we've sort of just hit on this week after week after week. But, I, I mean, a month into the season, what would you have gotten longer odds on on Bavada? The Pirates being 20-8 and eight or first place. Are the Cardinals not only being in last place, but being 10 games out of the division after the first month of the year? I think the Cardinals' odds would have been longer. I agree. I, I mean, the Cardinals, I placed a parlay to start the year of the division winners that I thought were locks. Um, and I took, I think I, I went like Yankees, Astros, and the Cardinals. So that bet is far from sunk, but it's not looking great so far. But this Cardinals team, I, they just can't get out of their own way. I mean, even in games, you look at this past week, in one series against the Giants, they get shut out by Alex Cobb. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt has a two-home run, 11-total base game. They lose that game. I, I don't know what it is, but we've certainly never seen this out of a Cardinals team in our lifetime, or at least it doesn't feel like we have. No. It's, if we have – there's something off. Like, Arenado's been bad. We were worried about Machado – about a week ago, he's somewhat right at the ship. Helps that he got a game in Mexico City, and I guess another one today. But Arenado's not – the power's down, the average is down. Goldschmidt, the reigning MVP, isn't playing like it. The manager seems to have no control. They need to, they need to fix this quickly or it's going to get out of hand fast. I think one thing the Cardinals definitely should have done this offseason – um, we talked last week about the Arias Pablo Lopez trade and how that was a trade that, you know, two teams with a surplus of talent at a certain position matched up and made a trade. They, if it wasn't for Pablo Lopez, they should have been one of the guys to go after some starting pitcher in the trade market, just because you have all these outfielders anyway, to the point where Jordan Walker got sent down to AAA this week, just trade some of them. You can't play them all. You're, you're stunting your players development because you have such a glut of outfielders I don't know. I, I, I'm i interested to see when we talk about the standings a month from today, two months into the season where we have the Cardinals because this front office and this team and this franchise has such an incredible track record of the last 20, 25 years that I do think there's a chance they write the ship, but I agree with you. It's got to happen soon because at the end of the day, it's something that we as Yankee fans have said many times over the years, the games in April matter just as much as the games in September. I'd say by when we do this in a month on May 31st, will the Cardinals be? I'll get, I'll set an over under five and a half games behind the Pirates. Well, okay. So here's my question Is it just so, the Pi- Pirates? I'm going to be an asshole. Pirates specifically or whoever's in first place? Whoever's in first place. Over under five and a half games. Can they make up four in a month? I think so. So I'll go under. Okay. NL West, D-backs in first, 16 and 12. Dodgers a game back. Padres two games back. Uh, Giants 11-15. Rockies rounding out the division at 8 and 20 there. D-backs young, fun, exciting. They have one of them, not the best pitchers in baseball right now, Zach Allen. He's going to be in our players of the week again because all this guy does is just absolutely shove. Uh, the team I want to feature here, though, is the Dodgers. Just because... This Dodgers team, and the and the answer is is because it is a different team, but you just look at this Dodgers lineup this year, and it doesn't have it just doesn't strike fear into me as the Dodgers lineups have there in the whole Dave Roberts era. 
And obviously they let Seager go. They let Turner go in back-to-back off seasons, but you just look around and I don't know. It used to be, there were no automatic outs in this lineup. And now it's, if James Outman, you know, as a rookie isn't hitting, this team could go on an extended slump offensively. They're just, this isn't, this is not a super team. Dodgers have had super teams the better part of the last decade. This doesn't feel like it. It used to be one through, they used to have all-stars one through seven. Now they, you, you look at the lineup, obviously Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are there. But then where else are they getting that alpha, alpha stud production? Um, I mean, Will Smith relative to the catcher position, I think, produces that. But that's but... not the I don't care about Correct. relative to the catcher position. This right. team is rolling out Turner or Seeger in addition to these other guys. Yeah. And and I mean, even uh, like you just mentioned Mookie. I mean, Mookie's hitting 232 with a 104 OPS plus, and Freddie this year is hitting 294, um, which even for his standards is like on the lower side. So it's of those stars. I mean, Freddie's been producing. Muncie's been crushing baseballs. I mean, Muncie's got 11 homers already and 22 RBIs. But again, it's are you are you trusting if you're a Dodgers fan that Max Muncie is going to keep that up all year? Probably not. No. No. And I feel like they knew they were a move away when they didn't bring back. I wonder in an honest moment if they knew. It felt pretty obvious from the outside that Turner wasn't going to resign there. I wonder if they knew what they were doing. It just almost seems like this entire season is a hedge to just try to get a Pani. Which is not the worst idea. He's pretty good. Yeah. AL West, the Texas Rangers are in first, 17-11. Uh, just had a pretty convincing three-game sweep of the New York Yankees. Beat us 15-2 to two today. Two and a half up on the Strohs and the Angels. Mariners, 12-16. and 16. A's, 5-23, and 23, rounding out the division there. Here's my question for you. Well, it's a two-part question with the Rangers. Um, Nate Evaldi's been good. He actually shut out the Yankees yesterday. Um, but Jacob DeGrom, latest injury, was removed Friday after three innings. Uh, you and I took DeGrom 12-plus strikeouts on Bavada. He got hurt. He screwed us. Uh, so he's on the 15-day injury list with right forearm tightness. Bochi tried to play it off as coy, saying it was just precautionary. But at the end of the day, this is now two of his last three starts. He's been removed from an injury. Um, as this team is constructed now, how much, if at all, do you think they could withstand a Jacob DeGrom injury? And then the follow-up would be, how many starts do you see DeGrom making as a Ranger this year? Just because at a certain point, if he is going to pitch, but you're going to handle him with such kid gloves, is it worth it for him to just miss an extended period of time and fully get healthy? I think this Rangers team is good enough that a DeGrom injury doesn't... I, I think they can make the playoffs without DeGrom. If they had to shut him down for the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they find their way in the playoffs. I mean, when I saw that this team was leading the American League coming into the weekend and runs without Seager, I was shocked. Yeah, but it may, they're a really good, they're a deep team. Uh, if they get the ground back, then you can have serious discussion. You can really put them in the World Series bubble. And I have no idea how many, I, I would have, if he makes every start the rest of the way, I'd be more surprised. If he misses every start the rest of the way, I wouldn't be overly shocked that he gets 20 starts. You've set the Bovada over under at 20, I'd take I'd probably take a push. Fair enough. Yeah, the Rangers offense is led by this guy, uh Marcus Simeon, who I heard is pretty good. So uh, red hot start to the season for his standards. Thank God. AL Central twins 17 and 12, three and a half up on the Guardians. 
Tigers, White Sox, Royals riding that division there. Um, it's very interesting. I read an article the other day. Um, first, I'll give a quick shout out again early, but I think so far the, the Twins, the Twins just feel like the class of this division so far. Maybe that's because they played very well against the Yankees, so I've watched a bunch of Twins games. But the Guardians, you know, with the pitching and the small ball, I just don't know if it feels as sustainable, um, especially with Shane Bieber not fully looking like an ace again. Um, but at the bottom of this division, what do you do if you're the White Sox? Because Luis Robert well, gets Luis Robert gets benched yesterday by Pedro Griefel for not hustling out a single. I watched the replay; it was absolutely embarrassing. I mean, this is a team with an $181 million payroll. I agree with you. I think you do sell and blow it up. But this will be like your third time blowing it up in, I think, the past decade or so. Um, yeah, Jared, but you're, hey, you're, Ryan, do you think Reinsdorf will be willing to do it? He's 87 years old. I mean, what are the choices? I think, I think you had – when you brought in Tony La Russa, you brought in La Russa to win a World Series. You got this grief all guy who may be a great manager one day, but he's inexperienced. Not hasn't proven anything. So if you're going to hit the rebuild button, you hit it now while you still have a manager that has an ability to grow with the team, not the World Series or bust expectations you've had the basketball season. Who do you think would be the first to go if they sell? I mean, I mean this team, I don't even know who I'd want from this team. It's just a lot of names that get hurt a ton. Mankata probably gets a decent haul back just because you know he'll be, he'll be out there. Tim Anderson, I don't know if you if he speaks too much, and that might be a turnoff for some markets. And then the I mean, would you? Tra- I couldn't confidently trade for Eli or Romero. To me, the first guy to go is probably Lance Lynn, the contender. Just you know, a guy who, for better or for worse, you know, is going to take the ball and go six innings every start. Uh, but no, offensively, I mean, Robert had hustle. I literally got benched yesterday because of hustle. So you know, we'll file that into attitude issues even though i don't think he has them eloy's never healthy um and even i mean i'd love tim anderson but you're right he's not going to be for every fan base and market so i it's it's actually it's they're they're very close to getting the the campaign it's a mess they just got a bit of room to the south side of chicago it is a mess standings in the american league east raised 23 and 6 just put together i mean the plus 103 run differential um, they lost one game at home. They went seven months in between home losses, factoring in last season. Uh, just in or sorry, they lost two games at home, 14 and two at home, nine and four on the road. Um, just uh, nothing but, but just nothing but dominance for Tampa. Uh, Yanks get them a lot in the next two weeks, so big worries there. Baltimore in second, 19 and nine. The future is now in Baltimore. Looks like they figured out this pitching a little bit too. We knew the bats were going to be there. Toronto, 18 and 10. Lineup looks great. Gausman is proving yet again that that season with the Giants was not a bust and that the follow-up last year was not, you not know, a fluke. Not a fluke. Thank you. Uh, this guy is legitimately probably one of the top 15 to 20 pitchers in baseball. And then here we were shitting on the Red Sox, 15 and 14. Uh, now all of a sudden, the Yankees are tied with the Red Sox at 15 and 14 at eight games back. If, no, I want to my apology. I apologize to one person in Boston. That's Alex Cora. I say all the time he's the best manager in baseball, and I forgot it. And I went against that. He is the best manager in baseball in my book. Not even. I don't even think there's a number two. 
if you had given me Bavada odds two weeks ago that the Yankees were going to be eight games back at the end of the month, I would have said the odds were going to be minus a thousand. They had won their first four series. They looked great. I think we started the year. Cole's not... looking like Cole still is looking like the best pitcher in baseball. Well, what did we start the year? Um, like nine and three, nine and four, something in that realm. It's basically been a disaster other than Garrett Cole. Um, Aaron Judge is hurt. We don't know how long Aaron Judge is going to be out for. Uh, it was an MRI on his right hip. Uh, he had discomfort after sliding head first uh, earlier in the week against Minnesota. They're going to make a decision tomorrow about whether or not he needs a short stint on the 10-day injured list. The MRI didn't reveal anything serious, thank God. But again, Judge, I, we've seen this with Stan and time and time again. These giant human beings... When they get hurt, the injuries tend to linger longer. So a hip injury for Judge is absolutely terrifying. Um, I don't know. Should I rant about the pitching or the hitting next? Pitching. I'll try to keep this self-contained. Garrett Cole so far, best pitcher in baseball. He has been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the three or four best pitchers in baseball are probably Cole, Zach Gallon, Strider, um, and I'll throw Kershaw in there too. Those those are to That's me the, the those are to me the names that pop out and we most consistently see on these leaderboards. Cole is pitching like he wants to Cy Young and is backing it up so far. The rest of the rotation has just been abysmal. Um, and look, the reality is that is what happens when you build your pitching staff where there's injury concerns around sixty percent of it, and none of you know Severino, Montas, and Rodon have yet to pitch. Nestor today gives up seven runs. Whatever you know, pitchers are allowed to have a bad start. Mike King, it's like King starts. I don't even bother turning on, you know, Herman. Everyone was like, oh, Herman pitched well the other day. Herman gave up five, six runs. Uh, we just scored 11 against the Twins, so it didn't matter. But all of that is secondary to the fact that, especially with Judge out, this is one of the worst lineups in baseball. It's awful. Like, it's, it's not watchable. And that's the real problem. A guy like Johnny Brito pitches yesterday, gives up two runs and four and two-thirds. The game's over at that point. Because you're not even confident that this team is going to score more than two runs in a game. I, I mean, the Francis Cordero like, experiment's over. They sent him down. Willie Calhoun can't hit. Hank Hicks can't hit. Can't field either, to be honest. IKF, at least he's hustling out there. It's it, it's really out. Uh, Glaber hasn't hit in like two weeks. It's other than, you know, Volpe, Rizzo, and DJ right now. There's just, and Volpe as a rookie, there's just no one in this lineup that if you're an opposing pitcher, you're worried about. Well, I'll say something unrelated because it's not worth talking about anymore. Do you want in on this uh, Clayton Kershaw NL Cy? What do you think the Bavada odds for a Clayton Kershaw NL Cy Young are at the moment? Plus 600. So you want in on the plus 2,000 bet? Yeah, absolutely. How much you want in for? Well, well I'll, I'll do some dollars and cents crunching after we record, but I'm definitely in on that. That's great value. Uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Yankees and, you know, assuming assuming Judge is going to be out because I think you just have to assume the worst right now, unfortunately. I, I mean, how much uglier do you think this could get? This is the schedule in the next two weeks. Cleveland, three against Cleveland, three against Tampa, three against the eight. I mean, this is, this is the schedule. I, you know what? I'll just say I'm going to give you the month of May. Ready? Okay. Three against Cleveland. Three against Tampa, three against A's, 
three against four against Tampa, four against the Blue Jays, three against the Reds, three against the Orioles, three against the Padres, three against the Mariners. This could get ugly really fast. I mean, I'd set the over under at nine and a half wins. Yeah. I I I, I mean, is there is there a realistic world you think where the Yankees by the end of I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but by the end of the May are fifteen back? Yeah. If Judge doesn't play, I mean, it's not inconceivable. Judge misses the whole month. And teams like, I mean, Toronto doesn't, I don't know. Did Toronto lose today? They don't lose often. Um, I'll look they lost today. They lost an extras today. But Baltimore did not. Tampa did. I, again, this this division's really good. And you can't just, you can't punt games. You can't just, you can't forfeit games early in the season. If, and Garrett needs to have another 5 and a month. Got to keep the coal train rolling. League leaders, uh, run scored leaders, uh, two Rangers. Marcus Simeon's leading league with 25 runs, but Adalas Garcia second to 24. Luis Arias, 39 hits. You yelled to me in the bathroom the other day when I was in there, is this Arias guy really good? The answer is yes, he is very good. Uh, doubles leader, Matt Chapman with 15. Triples leader, Brandon Marsh with four. Home runs leader is Muncie with 11. RBI leader, Adalas Garcia with 30. This is why the Rays might be just fine, by the way. Or the Rangers, sorry. Juan Soto, 26 walks. Uh, Matt Olson leading baseball with 43 strikeouts. Acuna, 13 steals. Arias, I mean, cartoonish 438 average uh, and a 500 OBP. Slugging leader, Matt Chapman, 687. OPS, 1.182. Matt Chapman. Any thoughts on any of those league leaders? A lot of players who have been traded recently. Yeah. That was my thought. Um, Arias, for whatever it's worth, um, his 438 average um, is the highest by any player since April through April since Barry Bonds hit 362 in 2004. Only one player has had a 400 batting average at the end of May in the last 20 years. Chipper Jones in 2008, old man Chipper, winning the batting title that year. I'm trying to find Luis Arias MVP odds right now. Pitching leaders, Garrett, Clayton, Kershaw, Shane McClanahan, Joe Ryan, five wins each. ERA leader, uh, you had him today in fantasy. Sonny Gray, early Cy Young campaign. Uh, he's looking really you good. Want the Sonny Gray? You want the Sonny Gray Cy Young guys? I've got the uh, No, cause, no, because I'll be angry. So He's plus 3,500. Yeah. I mean, fuck Sonny Gray. Uh, complete games leaders, Sandy, Alex Cobb, Garrett, Nate Evaldi, Max Freed, George Kirby, and David Peterson. All Luis Arias, MVP, plus 8,000. Interesting. Good good, good thing to know. Shutout leaders, uh, Sandy, Cobb, Garrett, Evaldi, Freed. Saves leaders are uh, a lot of guys with nine. Jordan Romano, Hayter, Emmanuel Kloss, David Bednar. Innings pitch leader, Garrett, 40 and two-thirds. Strikeout leader, Gausman with 54. Whip leader, 0.72, Tyler Wells. An average against 102, Shohei Otani. Moving into our players of the week. We had a lot of complete games and a couple shutouts this week. Uh, so shout out to Alex Cobb. Uh, he had a six-hit, one-walk shutout Monday and a 4 nothing win against the Cardinals. Uh, it was his first shutout in 10 years and 244 days. That's the third longest streak since 1900 between a pitcher's first and second career shutout. Shout out to the shutout uh, for nasty Nate Evaldi. Um, 
Threw a shutout against the Yankees in a 2-0 win. Lowered his ERA from 5-2 to 3-9-3. Struck out eight, walked none. Do you know who went to the same high school as Nate Abaldi? Did he go to the Kershaw Stafford High School? Nolan Ryan. So they were not classmates? No, they were not classmates. Uh, George Kirby, eight-inning complete game against the Phillies in a 1-0 loss. Uh, it was his first complete game since college. And George Kirby set a baseball record this week. Uh, his 6.54 strikeout-to-walk ratio is the highest through a pitcher's first 30 starts in MLB history. Spencer Strider took a no-hitter this week uh, against the Marlins on Monday into the eighth inning, but instead he had to settle for a season-high 13 strikeouts and an 11-0 win against the Marlins. Um, bit of due to a perfect game on an error in the seventh, lost no-hitter on a bloop single in the eighth. Threw 81 of his 101 pitches for strikes. Um, with Miami whiffing on 14 of their 25 swings against his slider. Um, this is from Codify. He has nine straight starts with nine-plus strikeouts. Nolan Ryan and Chris Sale are the only MLB pitchers to ever have longer streaks. Is this Strider contract already shaping up to be one of the biggest bargains in baseball, even though it's just another contract for the Braves, unfortunately? He's the current favorite to win the Cy Young at plus 200. Makes sense. Since I've been looking at the odds for a while now. He's a beast. But yeah, no, it's fun. We could do these odds in real time, but I'm in Connecticut. But let's start I'm not in Connecticut. Shout out to the state of Connecticut. Kevin Galsman yesterday said a career new high with 13 strikeouts and seven scoreless innings against the Mariners in a one-nothing win. Got 24 strikeouts over his last 14 shutout innings. Max Freed, complete game shutout. Well, not a well, complete game shutout, but it was in a range shortened win. Four nothing win against the Mets Friday. Uh, three hits, five innings, seven strikeouts. There hasn't allowed an earned run in his three starts since returning from his opening day left hamstring strain. Freed's getting back on track. Um, who do you want me to show love to first? Since we love both of these guys, Kirsch or Zach Gallon? End with Kirsch. End with Kirsch. Well, Kirsch isn't the very last one. Kirsch is the last. You, you so you want Kirsch to be the last pitcher? Yeah, Kirsch is the man. Zach Gallon, uh, six and a third shutout inning, struck out 11 Royals uh, and a 2 nothing victory at Chase Field. Uh, he had a streak of 44 and a third scoreless innings last year, so a little over halfway to that total now. Um, came in with 21 and two-thirds scoreless innings. And here are the Zach Gallon tweets. He only gave up four hits, all singles. For the second time in his career, he's turned in at least four straight scoreless starts of six innings, pitch, six innings or more. The only other pitchers to do that are uh oh sorry i don't even have the pitchers but since at least 1901 these are the pitchers with consecutive games of six innings pitch 11 strikeouts no earned runs and no walks zach gallon kershaw nolan ryan and cy young and he's the only mlb pitcher in the modern era to have a four start span with 40 plus strikeouts no runs allowed and a whip under 0.5 it's an incredible list that you made uh, I, I don't even think we need to keep talking about it because I think the list genuinely just speaks for itself. Yeah. Kirsch, still hot. The Cardinals were hitting 321 against lefties this year, the best in the majors. Uh, but Kershaw went seven scoreless, struck out nine, um, and did retire the first 13 batters his face, uh, had a perfect game bid going into the sixth inning. Obviously, that didn't happen there. But again, we, we talked about it last week. We say this is vintage Kershaw, but there's never really been a fall off. He's just healthy. I think just he's healthy. I think he's just healthy. And and as dumb as this sounds, I think he's a guy who, as a veteran and a future Hall of Famer, 
is just rising to the occasion when his team really needs it. Urias has not been his usual self. Walker Bueller's on the shelf. They're getting Tony Gonsolin back this week, but he hasn't pitched at all. They've needed Clayton Kershaw to be Clayton Kershaw, and he's answered the bell so far uh, spectacularly. And we're going to pick him to win the Scion. All right. He, um, it's the thing with Kershaw that we said la- – I said it last week. When he's on, he's, been, he's game flying. I think that game last night was two hours, 14 minutes, or whatever started. When he's just nasty like that, he's unhittable. Yeah. And it's, he, no it's one just, more fun to watch. Exactly. Shout out to Brett Rucker and Jesus Aguilar, uh, who went back-to-back home runs twice in the same game for the A's in an 11-10 victory against the Angels. Shout out to Drew Maggie. We talked about him last week. He's going back to the minors, but in the 16-1 Pirates victory in game two of their doubleheader sweep against the Nationals Saturday, got his first big league hit. And RBI. They're going to probably make a movie about this guy. Would it be a great movie, but it's a nice little story. Multi-home run games this week. Josh Jung versus the Reds. Sam Hillard versus the Marlins. Ozzy Albies versus the Marlins. Mike Trout versus the Braves. The guys who went back-to-back. And Paul Goldschmidt versus the Giants. And it's just one, been one. There, there was one in the Rays game today. Who would I, I forget? I did not look at today's box scores. Can you get, get, give us the name? Give him the shout-out. I actually have no idea what it is. Luke Rayleigh. Luke Rayleigh's had a couple multi-homer games this year. Uh, also, real quick, shout-out to uh, the Warriors. The dynasty lives on with a dominant. 20-point win against the Kings. Fuck LeBron James. I'm all in on the uh, the Warriors. I mean, the NBA ratings. You said it to me in the apartment. David Stern right now is just smiling. You're getting Knicks heat. You're getting LeBron Steph. You're getting Sixers versus Celtics. And you're getting Jokic standing up to the KD Suns. From a rating, you really couldn't have drawn it up much better. No. All right, so this is the kind of month that it's been for the Rays. Uh, they were getting no hit by Lance Lynn for six innings, and then in the 12-3 victory against the White Sox yesterday, they scored 10 runs in the Sabbath. And when you're hot, you're hot. In the expansion era, according to Elias Sports, there's only one other team that was being no hit through six-plus inning, then scored 10 runs in the inning in which they broke up the no-hit bid, which was the Blue Jays scoring 11 runs uh, against the Orioles. Unbelievable stuff there by the Rays. They're good. They're, I don't know. The, the whole division is good. So they, they need, they're not, they need to keep doing this. They can't, they can't, they're put off the gas at any point. All right. We're one month in. Let's do real quick. You know, we don't need a ton of analysis, but let's do, let's make our Bavado award picks for a month in uh, and then do our biggest surprises and biggest disappointments. So I will say MVPs. Uh, in the AL and the NL. I don't know. Who do you think? Cy Young is much easier. I think Arias. I think Arias is going to bat 400 this year and win the MVP. I think you have to go Arias in the National League. I agree. Acuna would be – if I think Arias has to hit 400 to do it, but you know, it, otherwise it would be Acuna. All right. And then American League, I, I think – I think I'd have to go a Rosarina. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's been the best player in the American League, but he's just been the all-around five-tool catalyst for the overwhelming best team in baseball so far. And don't sleep on Matt Chapman. I agree. The, the problem is as good as Chapman. On Matt Chapman odds, I'll get him. They're probably fairly long, but uh, the only thing with Chapman is he's got two other MVP candidates in his lineup, which I guess you could say the same thing about um, – 
a Rosarina as well with, you know, Wander Franco, but. I no, know. Rosarina's been the best player on the best team. But you, right. just gonna do it. Pitching American League, Garrett. No need to go any further there. Uh, National Gray with honorable mention. Yeah, Sonny Gray, honorable mention. Um, National League, do you think it's Strider, Gallon, or Kershaw? Books say Strider, Gallon. Books have Strider plus 200, Gallon plus 300, Kershaw plus 2,000. I th- If I had the, the values there on Kershaw, but the smart money would be Gallon. Well, but we're just giving our pick from the first month of the season now. And Gallon. I'm going to go Kershaw, honestly. As as great as Gallon has been, Kershaw has a lower ERA and a lower whip. Gallon hasn't given up in a, a yeah, but Gallon may not give up a run again the rest of the way. I know. You still got to factor in that first start or two, though. Uh, biggest surprise so far has to be the Pirates. Easy Pirates. Biggest disappointment would be the Cardinals. I'd say the Cardinals and the Yanks. Yeah, but the Yanks are above five hundred. It's true. Save the um, Yanks at the end of May episode. I think other surprises too, just while we're in here, or I mean the Orioles, 10 games over 500. I think I thought they were going to be good. I think they were going to be this good. Uh, Orioles are surprised. Rangers are a surprise just with how much that team's fully hitting. Um, other disappointments. I don't know. I, I feel like the team, I guess the Mariners being 12 of 16 qualifies as a disappointment. Um, and then the glaring one. I mean, the White Sox have one more win than the Royals. And we talk about how this Oakland A's team is historically bad. The White Sox only have three more wins than the A's. Ouch. Just out. Not good if you're a White Sox fan. Did I send you or show you the, uh, like the eight minute rant, the White Sox fan that called in to ESPN radio this week? No, but I have nothing to do in Connecticut. All right. Yeah. Look it up. It's, it's an all time rant. And to anyone listening, just listen, because you feel this guy's passion in the best or worst way possible. I I just don't think the White Sox – I don't know if the expectations were that high in Chicago. I think there was some hope that getting rid of La Russa would have helped. But it might be – maybe we were too hard on Tony. But how much of this do you think – I don't know. Tony just needed to go. I think they could be two independent things. That makes sense. Like I think I'm in a extra- very funny fight with my Snapchat AI at the moment, where I asked who's going to win the uh, the NL Cy Young, and they told me they told me that Degrom and Gausman are top candidates. So I'm telling you, no, they're in the AL. Did you see a guy hit a ton of money on a first basket parlay, um, asking Snapchat AI who's going to score the first basket in three of the NBA playoff games? No, good for him. Technology is a really scary fucking thing, man. All right, let's talk about those first place Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, it's a guy that you and I have dreaded talking about over and over and over again. But now we don't have to anymore because he signed long term. Uh, Brian Reynolds, they announced an extension with their all-star outfielder Wednesday through the 2030 season. Seven-year extension guarantees Reynolds $100 million in new money, top of the $6.7 million he was already earning in 2023. It's the largest contract uh, in Pirates franchise history. The $6.75 million salary will remain unchanged. We'll receive a $2 million signing bonus as well. I'll earn $10 million this year, uh, next year, $12 million in 25, $14 million in 26, and $15 million from 27 to 2030. 
2027 to 2030 with an option valued at 20 million with a $2 million buyout there. You look confused at something I said. I'm just confused by the whole Brian Reynolds thing. I was so out on this guy and then I took him in fantasy and he's been really good. So one, one interesting note about Reynolds that I actually said to you the other day, cause I didn't know it. Um, he was the centerpiece in the Andrew McCutcheon trade to the giants. Giants could use him. Giants could use him. Uh, he made his MLB debut back in 2017, hitting 314, 377, 503 with 16 home runs. Uh, and with an exception of a dreadful showing in the shortened 2020 season, has continued to hit at a well above average level. 282, 359, 484 hitter, uh, over 2,100 plate appearances, including this year uh, at the time of the contract extension, 294, 319, 553 slash line. Uh, he's a 126 WRC plus. Uh, it seems like Reynolds will be their left fielder. Uh, of the future moving forward rather than in center field. Um, defensive mat- metrics have soured on Reynolds' center field work in recent years, so they're moving him to the left where he's been better there. Uh, and this has just been a fascinating saga. Um, it's been multiple years of trade drama. You know, there was a report in February the Pirates made a six-year, $76 million offer to Reynolds, um, and then he asked for a trade request. Uh, his camp wanted 50 to $60 million more. Uh, and then eventually there was talks heading into uh, the regular season that this, the language and the parameters of this deal money-wise were ready to go, but a full no trade clause was the holdup. Uh, you got a limited no trade clause of about five to 10 teams. So it does control his own destiny a little bit here. Um, but it is interesting to me. I don't know if you have any thoughts to basically get no extra money while giving up you know, what you wanted, which was a full no trade clause. Um, I thought the pirates did really well here, to be honest, you know, for Reynolds Reynolds, to me, this is the contract. A guy like that deserves. He's the classic all-star on a shitty team type of guy, but we still obviously have to describe him as all-star Brian Reynolds. So I think it's a fair deal for the player, a guy like him locking in a hundred million dollars. But I also think at the same point, uh, pirates did well on this deal, in my opinion. It's a lot of money for the pirates, but not a lot of money for a franchise player. I agree. Um, I mean, you you have to think if he hit free agency, what do you think he would have gotten in free agency? Like Ben Attendee just got five for 75. Let's use that as a jumping off point. I feel like you could have, you would have gotten somewhere over hundred. Could he have gotten like a six for one twenty deal somewhere? If he kept up what he's doing this year, probably. I think, I think that's feasible. Um, the pirates were one of four MLB teams to have never signed a player to an hundred million dollar contract. That has now changed. Um, which one of these three teams do you think would be the Bavada favorite to be off this list next? The Royals, the White Sox, or the A's? I have my answer. Have the Royals signed Bobby Witt yet? That's why I'm taking the Royals. Then, yeah, then the Royals. It's weird that the White Sox haven't. That feels wrong, but I know. Especially because they've, like, they've had players and they've spent money. Yeah, they. so I guess they never cracked the $100 million mark. Whatever. Let's talk about a fun game yesterday. This is going to be the game of the week. Um, did you watch the highlights of the Mexico City game? The, the saw some of it. A lot of homers. Pretty sick. I mean, Machado, multiple home runs. Uh, it was a 16-11 to, to 11 slugfest. I'm actually going to pull the box score up. Um, five Padres went deep. As I said, Machado went twice. Uh, at the altitude of 7,300 feet, the two teams combined for 11 home runs, two shy of the major league record uh, set by the D-backs and Phillies in 2019. Joe Musgrove gave up seven runs in three and a third innings. Uh, Xander Bogarts became the first player in MLB history uh, to homer on four continents. Uh, it's the first game, or sorry, four countries. Uh, he's the first, it was the first game in MLB history to feature four separate pairs of back-to-back home runs. 
Nelson Cruz became the oldest player in Padres history to hit a home run, as well as the oldest player in Major League history uh, to hit a triple. Um, and looking at the rest of the box score here, Taro Estrada, four for five, three RBIs. Mitch Hanniger, three RBIs. From the Padres standpoint, uh, Machado, three for four, two home runs. Nelson Cruz had a five-hit game. Nelson Cruz is raking for the Padres. Um, and Grisham had a big game. Juan Soto hit a home run. He's still hitting 188, but he's on the up and up. Just a crazy game. This, to me, though, I think back to when the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, played in London, and the offense of those two games was just so uh, insanely off the charts. It's almost like if you're a starting pitcher, is there a part of you that doesn't want games the ball four, on three, Games 4-3 today. Okay. So they adjusted it a little bit today, but if you're a starting pitcher, like obviously as cool as it is – to, no, you're pissed. You're you're pissed like you're getting the ball, I think. You almost need to like caveat that with the stats. Correct. Because I mean, if you're involved in a game where you the 27 runs are being scored and it's not under normal circumstances, it's gonna fuck you here for the season. It's terrible. I mean, Joe yeah. Musk Joe Musgrove got hosed here, especially a guy who's making uh, you know, just the second or third start of the year coming off of injury on top of it. Yeah, but he already got paid, so. That's fair. Two injuries this week, uh, other than DeGrom and Judge, who we discussed earlier. J.D. Martinez, 10-day injured list with back soreness. Um, the big one for the Mariners, Robbie Ray, out for the year. Uh, he's getting flexor tendon repair surgery. Um, testing revealed damage in a different area of the tendon. He was originally only going to be on the 15-day injured list. How do you think a guy like Robbie Ray recovers from a surgery like this? To me, he's been trending towards, he's been trending away from Cy Young, Robbie Ray. And oh, yeah. This is a major concern to me if I'm a Mariners fan, because Robbie Ray, you never knew when the control was going to be there or not. And the fact that now he's basically coming back with, you know, a new tendon in his elbow, that's a very scary thing for me. We said it. It was interesting at the time because the Blue Jays essentially picked Gasman over him. They picked the right big time. Yeah. Miscellaneous news, then we'll do tweets of the week. Shout out to the Minnesota Twins. The Twins have beaten the Yankees in a season, regular season and postseason, for the first time since 2001. In a series? First series win that the Twins have had over the Yankees in 2001. Postseason they included. They earned it. Good for them. Shout out to the uh, Washington Nationals. So I think we've talked about it before, the Orioles and Nationals having these local broadcasting uh, disputes. Mm -hmm. And the New York Court of Appeals, the state's highest court, ruled in favor of the Nationals uh, on a hearing on unpaid rights. This all has to do with MASN, uh, with the local broadcasting rights for both clubs. Uh, the Baltimore organization has a majority share, which came as part of the agreement for the Orioles, uh, allowing the Nationals to enter into their marketplace. Uh, the Orioles now owe the Nationals – or sorry, the network owes the Nationals $105 million in unpaid rights fees. I wonder if this at all affects, you know, the Orioles having to sell the team one way or the other. I don't know the answer. Can't help would be my – I I don't know. I, 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 I wonder – I think the bigger impact is the team's good. And you'd hope with a good team, the owners would be less like, you want to see it through, right? Yeah. 
but we we don't know if that's the case. We don't know. Um, shout out to Marley Rivera. Uh, Yankee fans, you probably know Marley as the Spanish language reporter and also Yankee reporter for ESPN. Uh, she went to interview Aaron Judge on Sunday. Or uh, <laughs> I'm like laughing reading this. There was an incident at Yankee Stadium. She was covering the game for ESPN, and she got fired because she got calling a reporter a fucking C-word over an Aaron Judge interview. To mature. That's you, you got. You got to know your boundaries. You got to be. Better, you got to be better behaved than that. You can't. You can't say that. There's. You really shouldn't. There are a lot of words you shouldn't say. That's only one percent of words you're not supposed to call people. It's a word. You know me. There's very few words that I won't say. That's a word I am not comfortable being recorded saying. If you can't. If you won't say it in front of your mom, you shouldn't say it in front of a microphone. Correct. Tweets of the week. Uh, I'm saying this one because it's something you said. So this is from Eric Hubs with a CC to Bryce. Sonny Gray shoved and Joey Gallo homered. The most predictable result of the season so far against the Yankees. I profited on that one. Thank you, Bavada. Um, Here is the guy who is the Bavada favorite right now for the best player in baseball that nobody's heard of. Um, I, in fact, need to look him up as well. That is Yanir. Have you ever heard of Yanir Cano? No, but is he on the Orioles? Relief pitcher for the Orioles. He was acquired in the Jorge Lopez deal. So far this season, out of the pen, 11 innings, no hits, no walks, 12 strikeouts, two saves. Um, is he, has he already been picked up in fantasy? He already has, yes. Who got him? I don't remember who, but somebody grabbed him. Nice. I can put in a claim. Mm. Well, you're welcome. I guess uh, I dropped Kopesh. Probably seems safe. Uh, Bryce won the fantasy matchup, by the way, in case anyone was curious. Unfortunately, a 3-7 loss for me uh, is much better than it was throughout the week. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll get him next week. Also, another multi-homer game. Cal Raleigh hit two for the Mariners today. Uh, Two from Optostats. Blake Sable of the Giants, the first rookie catcher in MLB history, hit a walk-off home run when behind in the count with his team down to their last out. Jaron Duran and Cedric Mullins homered against each other, uh, or sorry, each hit grand slams in the Red Sox-Orioles game. First time in MLB history that opposing center fielders hit a grand slam in the same game. That From seems Mark, weird. Yeah. From Mark Berman, Hunter Brown has not allowed a home run in the big leagues over 15 two-third innings. Astros got another good one. Um, this is from Chris Kamka. In the White Sox first 10 games at home this season, in two of the ten, a player position player finished the game on the mound in a win for the opponents. Not good. Not good. Uh, from Katie Sharp, Garrett Cole is the fifth pitcher in MLB history through his first six games of the season. That 44-plus strikeouts, five earned runs or fewer, and zero home runs allowed. Uh, from Joe Sheehan, the A's are the second team since 1953 to allow at least 220 runs in a baseball month. Twins Thanks. are... Twins are the first team in MLB history to have one Lopez earn the win and another get the save in the same game. I like that. For MLB stats, Estery Ruiz is the first ace player since Ricky Henderson in 1990 to steal 11 bases in the month of April. From That's ESPN, an important skill. For the Cardinals, ESPN stats and info. They're 0-9 in series openers this season, the only winless team in MLB, and the first time in franchise history they've lost their first nine season openers. 
from Joe Block, an ALNO history among teams following 100-plus loss seasons, the 2023 Pirates reached 20 wins uh, in fewer games than any team since the 1899 St. Louis Perfectos. I guess the 1898 St. Louis Perfectos were not that good. No, they went 39-111. Far from perfecto. Far from perfecto. Uh, From Optostats, this is a crazy one. There were two no-hit bids of at least six innings in MLB on Saturday, Easton McGee and Lance Lynn. Both teams lost. First time that's happened since 1983. Easton McGee sounds um, made up. That's like an Adam Sandler character. It's like the guy from the – it's like Scruff – maybe it's Scruffy McGee's nephew. Could be. Uh, And this is from Ryan Spader. Pirates Burt Blylevin tossed an 11-inning complete game shutout 45 years ago. It was the fourth double-digit inning complete game shutout of his career, a live ball record. The flying flying Dutchman. Um, All right, that's all I got for this week's show. Any concluding thoughts on your end? Just one, and we'll give a wrap-up next week. Big week ahead for the apartment. Tuesday night, MSG train concert. Cannot wait. Some would say it's the biggest event at the Garden Tuesday, which includes the Knicks playoff games. Will we be able to? Will we cry through the train concert? Will we sneak our way into the next game? A lot of options on the table. Yeah. All I, I guess, guess and, and to tie it into baseball, uh, they will be performing the song that the Angels have come out to for about 15 years, calling all angels. Um, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to the New York Giants for nailing the draft. That's not something I say very often as a Giants fan, so thank you for that. Um Shout out to Danny Rosen for having me try some Vietnamese food Friday that expanded my comfort zone. And I appreciate you for that. And I will say big week for the cinemas guardians of the galaxy three comes out Thursday. I will be there opening night. And if it sucks, I am prepared to swear off Marvel movies forever, which if you know me is a much bigger deal than it seems like. We'll see. Hopefully it's a good one though. With They're personal- usually pretty good. Eh, the last couple have not been very good. The so. Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I think. Oh, yeah. They're two for two on that. So hopefully James Gunn ends it with a bang. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Minorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great week. 